It's time now for super psychologist, Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years. And welcome to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years. This evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time and at 6 p.m. Eastern Time right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And today is Sunday, October the 22nd, 2023, and I'm psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell. And we have another great program in store for you today. And Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program, is here with us to make the, ro- the show run smoothly as usual. In a little while after the break, we'll be joined from Toronto, Canada, by Christiana Eggy, registered nurse, geriatric and mental health specialist, dementia advocate, owner and operator of Alexis Lodges for individuals with Alzheimer's diseases, disease and other types of dementia, and the author of several children's books that explain why their grandparent with dementia might be acting differently. This time, Christiana returns to the show to talk about her latest book, Unraveled, Explaining Caregiver Burnout. And then later in the program, I'll continue with a few more tips for inner peace in a world of uncertainty. And after the program, you can hear this evening's show again by going to my website and the link to the podcast along with any links or um, information, contact information, things of that sort that we discuss on the program will be posted along with the podcast. And you can hear the podcast in as soon as five minutes after the show ends by going directly to Blog Talk Radio, B-L-O-G, talkradio.com slash your golden years and you'll also be able to hear it on apple Podcasts. for information from previous programs and to listen to all the previous shows going all the back all the way back since we started on blog talk radio about what was it nine or ten years ago i think at this point Go to my website, drmaracarpell.com. You can also hear all those podcasts directly on blogtalkradio.com slash your golden years, and they're also all on Apple Podcasts. For upcoming programs or upcoming events, be sure to follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Carpell, your golden years. This evening's program is produced by Accomplice Entertainment and Psyched Up Productions. And we're going to take a brief break, um, but don't go anywhere. It'll be a very brief break. And when we come back, Christiana Eggy will be on the line to talk about her latest book, Unraveled. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed services or supplies you never received. There are three easy things you can do to prevent fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy. 
protect your personal information and look for any suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or call your local Medicare SHIP program at 1-800-252-9240. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com. And we're back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaricarpell.com. And now joining us once again from Toronto is Christiana Eggy registered nurse and dementia advocate and and author and many other things. Welcome, Christiana. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Mara. How have you been doing? I'm doing all right. Um, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> it's getting cold. <laughs> it's chilly. It's getting cold up there in Canada. We're yes, sending some is. of that over it here. Is. It's still it's oh, still hot my in goodness. Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so glad to have you back. Um, Thank you. I and congratulations on the launch of your latest book, Unraveled. Um, Thanks. Maybe you can um, tell our listeners who maybe didn't listen the last time just a little bit about your background. Okay, so my name is Christiana Eggy, and for the past 24 years, I've owned and operated Alexis Lodge Retirement Residences, memory care facilities in Toronto, where we offer person-centered care for individuals living with Alzheimer's and other types of dementia in a home-like, caring, loving, and supportive environment where each person is treated as a unique individual. Everyone deserves respect in spite of a diagnosis of dementia, so we help mm-hmm. our residents live their best years yet. That's, yeah, that's wonderful. And I, I want to touch on that person-centered care um, in a little while um, because that's so important. Um, but first, I want to talk about your your new book, Unraveled. Um, yes. Thank you for sending me a copy. I really resonated with it because I think it doesn't just apply to people who are taking care of someone who has dementia, but really any kind of caregiving. Um, so can you talk a little bit about the book? Yes, so I actually wrote Unraveled because of COVID-19. COVID Mm -hmm. impacted so many lives, and uh, it doesn't matter if you are a caregiver, if you are uh, a worker, children, everyone was touched by COVID. So a lot of people were experiencing, you know, burnout, and burnout is very difficult to diagnose. You don't know what's happening even to this day. I went to church today. It was empty. Like, people haven't really started going back out. And um, it was a long three years. So I wanted mm-hmm. to write a book that will help people to understand what it looks like. Some people have quit their jobs. We know that a lot of healthcare pr- providers quit because they were completely overwhelmed with caring for people with uh, COVID. Some kids are dropping out of school. 
you know, people are, you know, quitting their jobs, just not mm-hmm. knowing why they are doing it. And some people are actually self-medicating with alcohol or drugs. So it is something that, you know, when you're not feeling the way you used to feel, when you feel exhausted, you start to lack interest in things that used to excite you, then, you know, you should either do a self-check or reach out to a counselor for help. So I wanted to bring this to the forefront, and especially for people that have loved ones that have um, that are living with dementia, just imagine how difficult it is for them. Because what COVID did is that it made people stay home, not go anywhere, and so a lot of people declined, right? And because mm-hmm. people were working from home, you know, having this the three generations caring for your mother, caring for your children, it was just a little bit too much for anyone to handle. So it is something that uh, self-care is actually of the utmost importance for everyone. It doesn't matter whether you have somebody with uh, living with dementia or not. We all need to self-care. So, so what are you know what are some of the signs that someone is is starting to burn out but what can they you said it's really hard to to diagnose that people don't know what's yes. going on so what are some of the things that they can look for you you could be fatigued you may be feeling anxious you know irritability you're not sleeping well not eating well you probably losing or gaining weight you, you know you are just you feel helpless and you withdraw from things that you used to like. As in the case of uh, Sarah's grandfather in Unraveled, uh, her mother had been diagnosed, her grandmother had been diagnosed with uh, Alzheimer's prior to COVID. And now her grandfather was exhibiting signs that were very similar. It was her younger brother that first brought it up and said, Sarah, grandpa has Alzheimer's. You know, she was taken aback. Like, how do you know? And he said, oh, don't worry about it. But eventually, she started to investigate, like any time he was irritable, he was so tired, he started complaining of, you know, chest pain, and um, like he was diagnosed with um, heartburn and so forth. But, you know, he went to the emergency so many times. It took his family doctor, mm-hmm. who knew him well, who having gone through all the test results to say, no, this is not anything physical. Well, he does have physical symptoms, but this is burnout because of that overwhelming from the stress. So when you have a lot of, like if you're in a state of emotional, physical, and emotional, um, you know, exertion, that will lead to burnout when the stress is too much. So when you know, if you know that you are going through a lot of stress and then you're feeling ill and the doctors don't know what is wrong with you but you know it's happening but that is when you really need to you know either check in with uh, a mental health specialist or explain to your doctor what it is that you are dealing with outside of your physical symptoms actually Mm -hmm. in the book if you remember the mother explained it as having a pebble in your shoe even if you put a bandage on that cut it doesn't get better till that pebble comes out so if you don't deal with the stressors, you continue to feel sick. Mhm, mhm. So you know, like in your book, um, the grandfather um, 
was dealing with, you know, having his wife with Alzheimer's at home. And as you said, COVID came along and that made it so much more stressful. Um, How can a caregiver who finds themselves in these very stressful situations where they're dealing with someone with dementia that they're caring for or or even if it's not dementia, physical physical illness um, that they're caring for, how can they keep from burning out? How can they keep themselves from getting to that point where they start developing all these different symptoms that don't make sense? Yeah, so one thing I like to say is that um, you know, self-care will keep the doctor away, just like they said, an apple a day will keep the doctor away. If you put yourself first, you know, again in the book, um, Bill was talking about, you know, he asked a question, don't they like children? Because on airplanes, the announcement will say, put on your own oxygen mask first before helping others. So Sarah is like, what happens to children that are helpless? You know, so what it is is if you don't care for yourself first, you will not have the the sustenance to care for somebody else. So mm-hmm. especially with dementia, if you have a loved one that has been diagnosed with dementia, you need to actually educate yourself. Our wellness is so important. There are no two people that, you know, have exactly the same symptoms. The disease is as unique as we are unique. So knowing what it is, knowing what it entails, accepting it, you know, because a lot of caregivers are in denial, accepting it and then accepting help. You know, sometimes we feel like we are the only ones that can care for our loved ones. No. You know, everyone deserves help. So you need to, you know, have a self-care plan, a health plan. You have to eat well. You have to sleep well. Again, with dementia, sometimes your loved one is not sleeping through the night. So that keeps you up, like was the case of grandpa. So what do you do? You find help. Get someone to either come into your house or find a senior's club for your loved one where they could go. The same goes for the rest of us as a community. I like to say that dementia is not an individual disease. It's a community disease. By the same token, it is a very lonely disease because, mm-hmm. you know, your friends fall off, families fall off, and so you sort of find yourself alone and desperate. So you have to take time for yourself, at least 20 minutes a day, to get some of your own emotional support. You know, reach out to friends. There are resources out there. There are the Alzheimer's societies. In different communities, they have all different um Uh, resources. But I think the more we all know about dementia, the more important it is to reach out to families and friends. And the other significant part is adding our children into the caregiving team because children Hmm. are resilient, they are creative, you know, they, they are determined to help in any way that they can. So when they know they are able to help when they don't know. Like these two children were sneaking around grandpa. But luckily, mm-hmm. Sarah talks to the mom. If they were not, you know, brought up to speed of what was happening, they could become withdrawn, right? They can mm-hmm. stop, start having difficulties at school. They can become irritable because they think, oh, maybe grandpa and grandma don't love them anymore. 
So this is an inclusive disease. We should, you know, all hands on board. We help the caregiving for loved ones with dementia or any type of caregiving go more smoothly. Yeah, that's an interesting point that you bring up because I've noticed, you know, when I've worked in nursing homes um, with people with dementia, that a lot of families keep the children away. They think that it's not good for children to be around um, their grandparents with dementia, either that it will freak out their kids or it will disturb the grandparents with dementia. But what you're saying is that they should really be part of the whole care team. Yeah, they make it more robust because they are really creative. You know, mm-hmm. and they are excited to help when they know what's going on. Like these two children in this book, they were starting to be um, uncomfortable around the grandparents because grandma is already irritable, she's quiet, she's different. Now grandpa is sort of going through the same process. But the mom reminded them that they love them very much and that they are, they are a of sunshine for their grandparents. That encouraged them. And there was a point where... I think Sarah was happy that the grandfather did not have Alzheimer's, but she was sad that he had um, caregiver burnout with panic attack. And the father said, don't worry, we'll, we'll figure it out together. Don't, don't think too hard, you know. Being, having that emotional support is very important because when we unite as a family, you know, we're able to deal with things more easily. And, and, you know, one thing is that, you know, caregiving is something that happens to all of us. You know, we have either been caregivers, we are caregiving, or we will be caregivers. It's not something we can get away from. It's Mm -hmm. one of those realities of life. But the important thing, like I said at the beginning, what we keep you away from becoming, um, from, from receiving caregiving, from living needing a caregiver is self-care because if you don't care for yourself, stress can make you sick. Actually, mm-hmm. they say stress is the number one killer because stress causes mm-hmm. everything else like heart attacks, strokes, and other things that kill us, right? So if you don't manage stress, you may need a caregiver sooner than later. And some caregivers actually die before the people they are caring for. That is yeah. why it's so important to dust off your oxygen mask and put it on and mm-hmm. self-care as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the statistics are pretty um, significant about that, caregivers dying before the person that they're caring for or at least becoming extremely sick, right? Yeah. Because of the stress. Yes, yeah, stress um, is just, um, really bad for our health. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... You know, are there things, you've already mentioned a few things, but I'm wondering if you have some more tips for, um, you know, what we can expect to see when someone we love has dementia and what we can do to help them have a better quality of life without burning ourselves out. Yeah, so like I mentioned, awareness is so important. When you understand what dementia is, dementia is not the end of life. There's much life to be lived. You know, the individual with dementia may not be able to do things they used to do it, you know, but they need simplified steps. 
they need, you know, assistance, they need encouragement. You know, they still feel, they understand. I mean, in the early stages of dementia, people can more or less still do everything that they've always done. It's more towards the end stages when they cannot help themselves anymore. That is when you now start helping. So having your, they need mental stimulation, physical, emotional, psychological stimulation. They love music. They love to dance. Like at Alexis Lodge, we dance a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. They they need to play games. They can still cook with assistance, right? It's almost like, you know, they say if you know how to ride a bicycle, you never really forget. So when you're cooking with somebody, they can, you know, give them safety knives to cut up vegetables. I've seen residents at Alexis Lodge making meatloaf, shepherd pie, you know, making stir fries mm. and stuff like that. I remember one, one resident family. She was in tears because she said, my mom hasn't cooked for so many years. You know, give them that opportunity and just, you know, love and respect them. Don't make them feel bad about themselves. Like I know it's very difficult for for family members when they start repeating themselves and at the beginning stages of dementia, redirect them, you know, distract them. And if your loved one, like I think about 40% of people with dementia may have um, responsive behaviors, meaning they might become aggressive. So what do you Mm -hmm. do? Like you have to, you know, redirect them, talk to your doctor. They have medications that can take the edge off. You know, it's so important that you don't drug, excuse my language, don't over-medicate people. Mm-hmm. You need a little bit of medication to take that edge off. They still need to have quality of life. If you involve them in activities of daily living, they'll be distracted enough that, you know, you'll be able to in, abate that behavior. If you need medication, yes, you, you use it. But I think more and more the, the plan of care is going towards the non-pharmaceutical intervention. You know, mm-hmm. having people live that lifestyle that is similar to what they had before they had the disease, keeping them occupied, you know, helps them function at high levels. Yeah, I love the, you mentioned music and dancing, cause, and I did, I have watched your videos of the dancing over there at Alexis Lodge, which is wonderful, wonderful. You know, my, mm-hmm. my grandmother had, my grandmother had Alzheimer's. Uh, way back, like I guess like ni- 1992 was when she finally passed, but she had Alzheimer's for several years, you know, and um, she never forgot how to dance. So mm-hmm. we used to turn on music and dance with her in the living room, and and she loved it and we loved it. So that's another, it yeah. seems like that also helps the caregiver to prevent burnout because you're doing something yeah. that you really love and connecting with your loved one. Yeah. Um, and dancing and music distresses us, right? It increases mm-hmm. our endorphins, makes us happy. And, you know, so anything you can do just to get someone in a good place, it's, it's important. Yeah, so, and people you know, don't forget just, people people don't forget their the song their favorite song. Um, I, I remember we had a music therapist on this program who said that music is stored in a different part of the brain, 
a memory for music. Mm-hmm. So when you play a song, even if someone is at the point where they can't communicate in, you know, in full sentences, they will sing all the lyrics to the a song that they used to yeah. that they used to know. So it's a universal language, you know, dancing, music, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It just has that effect on us, you know, so yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, you know, you mentioned the person-centered care that you have at Alexis Lodge, and this is something that I've been really increasingly interested in. You know, my mom lives in a nursing home, and a lot of the nursing homes are trying. They say that they have person-centered care, but really they don't <laughs> because they're working on a model of, like, fitting everybody into their system in a uh in the most efficient way for the staff. Um yeah. but I what what is person centered care? Maybe that is a Yeah, I there. think in terms of bigger homes trying and failing is that with dementia care, I personally find that it's smaller, you know, home like um segregate you know, um living plan works better for people uh, um, with dementia. Like um, if you have just about 10 to 15 people living in a community, it's easier to manage than having 30, to deal with 30 or 40 people, right? And when Mm -hmm. you have people in a home-like setting rather than an institutional setting, you are more successful. So Mm -hmm. I have heard about you know, facilities trying. If the kitchen has to close by 9 a.m., how can you let your your, your residents sleep until 9 o'clock? Where would they get food from? Whereas right. you have the smaller homes, right, and the kitchen is right there. Whenever they wake mm-hmm. up, they can have a hot meal. And the staff are not rushed. Like you have too many people to care for, so those are some of the t- deterrents from the the um, being able to operate on a person-centered care uh, concept. So the, the mm-hmm. smaller setting, where if the morning the, the the individual refuses a shower in the morning, the evening staff is able to do it. You know, it makes it more a, a way that is more successful for that resident. Rather than saying, I, I know that there are some homes where they get two showers a week. If they miss it for that day, they may not get it again until the next try. And if they miss it, well, I guess for the whole week, you're not getting a shower, right? Right. But when you have these smaller settings like Alexis Lodge, if you don't do it today, you can have it tomorrow. We actually try to do daily showers, but some people don't want that. So what person-centered care means is what that individual wants. So if the individual goes, I don't want a shower today, it's okay. But if they tell you they don't mm-hmm. want it every day, then you have to encourage them because you know cleanliness is good for them. And then you have people who can still do things. You give them the opportunity to do it. People can help to set the table, clean the table, you know, even even food laundry, those are really unique things that they enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. It stimulates their mind. And even when we have residents at stages where they cannot physically 
do things without you hand over hand with them. They are still in the midst, and they can see here the music, they can see here the laughter, they smell the food, you know, and you are able to care for individuals, you know, based on their previous lifestyles. So we get mm-hmm. histories from the family. What do they like to do? And, you know, if somebody likes to sleep in, of course they can sleep in. If there's somebody mm-hmm. who likes to, to watch TV until midnight, if that's their lifestyle, you're not going to take that away from them. So being able to treat individuals uniquely is what person-centered care is built around. Yeah. Yeah. They don't just become another person sitting in a in the in the nursing home that's just doing what everybody else is doing. They're they're continuing their unique life. Um, yes. Structure is good, but if someone doesn't want to participate or conform, like personally I don't wake up and exercise in the morning. So when I get to that state, I'm not going to participate either, right? So mm-hmm. it, it just depends on some people don't like noise. So when we are having fun, they go to a different room and sit there, right? Mm-hmm. But eventually, mm-hmm. I think everyone who comes to Alexis Law joins us anyway. The families are surprised, like, oh, my mom, she did not like dancing, but here she is dancing away, you know. So They see you it, having it, so think, much fun. <laughs> yeah, fun is contagious, right? That's right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, your videos of the dancing look like a lot of fun. It, it like is. It is. My, 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 my daughter used to say, oh, you think you're a dancer? You're a nurse, mom, not a dancer, until we got the opportunity <laughs> to, to participate in the documentary movie Dancer, Not Dementia, with the National uh, Ballet School of Canada. At that point, she gave up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so Christiana, can you talk a little bit about your podcast? Because I had such a great time when I was on your show recently, and I well, love your for program. Us. Yes. So the whole idea for the podcast um, came about because I had residents who were really older see being able to be active and then i had residents like we had this hundred year old man who could still do stairs who could still care for himself and then you have the 70s sometimes that have a hard time getting up from sitting position and you start to wonder what is the difference why are some people more healthy than others um because we need to deposit make deposits into our health banks while we are younger. So if you're active and you're eating healthy and everything, you know, that will carry you through your olden years or golden years, I should say. So Mm -hmm. that is why, you know, just knowing, they say prevention is better than cure. So it's not about talking about Alzheimer's or dementia all the time, but how can we prevent it? Because initially mm-hmm. it was like um, Alzheimer's has no cure, you cannot prevent it. But now science is saying Alzheimer's can be prevented up to 40% through lifestyle changes. Vascular mm-hmm. dementia, which is my second book on masking grandpa, was about vascular dementia. That is one type of dementia that can easily be prevented 
because it happens from vascular diseases. For the most part, like, you know, if you manage your, high, your blood pressure, your diabetes, cholesterol, your weight and stuff like that, then you don't start developing, <clears throat> excuse me, little strokes that will eventually, you know, cause you to becoming um, forgetful and, you know, going through a dementia process. So mm-hmm. that is what my podcast is about, lifestyle. You know, we talk about sleep, we talk about laughter, we talk about the benefits of dancing. Like, it's amazing what dancing can do for you. It, it helps your heart health. It helps your, your central nervous system. It, it helps, like, you know, everything. You, you even lose mm-hmm. weight from dancing. I think people love that. So just being active. Uh-huh. It's so important. Sleep hygiene, you know, eating right and exercising. Everything that you do to make yourself healthy is what we talk about. We don't talk about statistics or anything, but just simple day-to-day activities to keep you healthy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So, and I, I've listened to several of the shows and really, really enjoyed it. And I love the Thank way... You. I love the way that you, the way that you have it, you know, where you have like a conversation back and forth between you and yeah. the producer. And with the Sherry, and it, yes, yes. Yeah, with Sherry, I mean, it's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It is, yeah. Um, and we love so, having guests, and it was so much fun when you were with us. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for having yeah. me on because yeah. I enjoyed it very much. Um, Thank you. So how can listeners find out more about you, about your books, about the podcast, about Alexis Lodge, and, you know, anything else that you're working on? Actually, I recently started a charitable organization for uh-huh. um, BIPOC communities facing challenges of dementia, and we are having our launching on the 27th of this month on Friday evening, at that um, function, we'll be peeling back layers of despair, you know, denial and uh, stigma around dementia, because my goal is to help people become aware of this disease, starting with children. That is why I started speaking through the voices of children to amplify the voices Mm -hmm. of people living with dementia. When you pick up the book, whether you are a child or an adult, you will learn something from it. So we all need to join hands together and and uh, make this disease uh, familiar and actually stop it in its tracks because there's so much we can do to prevent dementia. So um, for Alexis Lodge Retirement Residence, you can um, check us out at alexislodge.com. For me, um, my website for the books is christiana.com and uh, for the uh, charitable organization, is erosogramma.com. Okay. And the, the podcast, you can listen to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and so on. Yeah. And that's the Forever Young podcast. Yeah, right? our Forever Young podcast. Right. Okay. All right. I'm going to post all of that later yes. this Thank evening you. on my website posts about this show so people can find all of that there. Um, Great. Well, and good luck with your um, foundation. 
Yes, thank you very much. Uh, like it's it's something it's it's difficult. We need to you know find more ways to to put out resources. And dementia is a very expensive uh, journey. So for mm-hmm. um, underserved communities that are already struggling, they need all the help they can get. So that is why mm-hmm. I started this uh, charitable organization, just to uh, as an add-on to what's already out there, but more grassroots because a lot of these people don't know how to access what is out there. So uh, we want to bring more information to primary care facilities. We want to mm-hmm. go into communities and tell them all about dementia and how it can be prevented and also help to some support families that are already going, going through the journey. Okay. So information and resources. Yes. That's great. And support. Okay. And support. And yeah. support. Mm-hmm. Yes. Respite okay. care, you know, yeah. Uh-huh. That's wonderful. Best mm-hmm. of luck with that. And I again Thank I'll you. be posting that on my on my website post so if listeners are interested, they could just go there later tonight and it'll that inform that link will be there. Um Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you so much for coming back on the program. I always yes, enjoy I speaking with you. So We'll Thank you, Dr. Mara. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. It's great to speak right. with you. And I do wish you all the best with your mom as well. I hope Thank that you. Um, Thank you know, so much. things go well. Yes. Thanks. And yes. you have, have a wonderful a evening. And you stay too. warm. God bless. Thank you. <laughs> bye bye. Right. Talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Yes, bye bye. Okay. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com. All right, and we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpel in your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaricarpel.com. And um, I thought, you know, I started this topic the last time about um, finding inner peace and connecting to our passion in a world that right now feels very uncertain and so many things are going on. I mean, we just got through COVID. We have these big wars going on and new wars popping up and division in our country. And then on top of it, you know, people are dealing with their own individual issues um, especially caregivers. Um, so I had started that, and it it feels right to continue that after um, my interview with Christiana, who was talking about preventing burnout uh, for caregivers. Um, so this is really a topic about preventing burnout for caregivers and for non-caregivers, for everybody, because I think that with all the things going on in the world right now, 
it's very easy to burn out. And I think most people are feeling at least a touch of burnout. And as Christiana mentioned, burnout can cause all kinds of health issues and it can also lead to depression. So burnout itself is not depression, but it can lead to depression. If it can feel like just um, dis, you become disinterested in um, the things that you used to enjoy, you just you start to isolate, um, and you start to have physical symptoms and fatigue, and that can lead to physical illness because, as Christiana mentioned, stress is one one of the top killers because it leads to all the other health issues, diabetes and strokes and gastrointestinal issues. Um, and it can also lead to emotional problems such as depression, clinical depression and anxiety. So um, I had mentioned last time some of the, some things to do to prevent going down that rabbit hole or, or at least stopping the path down to keep you from, keep us from losing hope and losing our inner peace and while things are going on around us that we have no control over. Um, I did bring up the um, relaxation, having a, a way of relaxing, um, such as taking a break throughout your day just to take three slow breaths, um, inhaling to the count of five, slowly exhaling to the count of six. Doing that three times can actually reset our nervous system. And you, if you do that throughout the day, it can have a dramatic effect on your mood and on your, um, on your ability to continue doing what you're doing and focus and enjoyment of life. You can spend 20 minutes sitting and focusing on your breath or a mantra, such as the mantra that the Vietnamese Buddhist monk, um, who is very big in mindfulness, um, he wrote about the mantra, uh, breathing in, say peace in oneself, and breathing out, say peace in the world, and just sit for 20 minutes doing that, peace in oneself, peace in the world. <clears throat> You can also use a guided meditation. There are many guided meditations online where you have a professional leading you through a meditation. And that can be really helpful, especially for beginners. Um, listening to relaxing music, just to close your eyes and just let yourself relax to the music. Now, of course, listening to any music that you enjoy Getting up and dancing, as Christiana spoke about, singing, playing a musical instrument, very, very powerful in connecting to your inner peace and to your joy and to your passion. Um, having an attitude of gratitude. So um, there's been research, and I mentioned this last time, there was research, the researcher, Dr. Robert Emmons at the University of California, Davis, very big into 
research about gratitude and the effect that it has on our emotional and physical well-being. And it has significant effects on our emotional and physical well-being to focus on what we're grateful for. But the human brain does not typically go there. We don't typically think about what we're grateful for unless we intentionally get ourselves to think about it. (laughs) We have to make that intention to think about what we are grateful for. So one way of doing that is daily writing down five things, large or small, that you feel grateful for right now. Or, as I mentioned last time, you can have a gratitude partner where you send each other a text or an email or a message on social media or you call call each other on the phone or even better, you get together for a cup of coffee or tea and talk about what you're grateful for. So that makes you um, have to do it because there's somebody waiting to meet with you to the, to talk about it. So it kind of forces you. It's like homework. And then being creative. Anything creative, drawing, painting, playing with clay, as I mentioned, singing, dancing, playing a musical instrument, writing a poem, writing your story, or even cooking a gourmet meal. These are all forms of creativity that can help you to connect to your inner peace and your passion. Um, And as I mentioned last time, and I will say this again, the creative activity that you're engaging in doesn't have to be the thing that turns out to be your passion, but it opens the door to be aware of other things in the world that you can feel passionate about. So just at just the just engaging in a creative activity even if it's not something that you're really good at you don't have to be good at it um it doesn't matter it opens the door to greater creativity and greater passion moving your body helps to release stress and find your inner peace so you can go for a walk you can take a yoga class, you can dance. Dancing, as Christiana mentioned, there's a lot of research on the benefits of dance physically and emotionally. Getting out in nature is a really, really um, powerful way of shifting our mood and giving us a different perspective because when you get out into nature, not only is it calming, but it lets us see that um, the world is a lot bigger than our than our problems. There's a lot of beauty out there, and and the earth really is the earth really is in control. We aren't. <laughs> so if we if we give up control to nature, we feel a lot more at peace. So you can do that just by simply going for a walk in the park or walking near a lake, walking near a river or the ocean. Water is very powerful at calming us. Um, Planting a garden, walking in a garden that somebody else has planted, which is, I'm not very good at planting a garden, but a garden can be very peaceful just to go and sit in. Um, Or even planting 
indoor plants. If it's wintertime and if you're not in an environment where you can be outside, indoor plants can actually be very powerful and connect you with nature. Stroking or talking to a pet, very powerful. Or even looking out the window at nature or looking at a photo of nature or watching a video, very powerful ways of calming yourself, finding inner peace, inner passion, and connecting to the positive in the world. Connecting with other people. Now, this became really obvious um, in the midst of the pandemic when, when we were all so isolated, and we need to connect with other people. We really discovered that we that when we're isolated, it doesn't feel good. We need to connect with other people. Um, and it doesn't always have to be in person, although that feels really great to connect in person, but you can connect with people um, through Zoom, through a class um, online. You can call a friend on the phone or a relative. Um, that's really powerful. People have lost the skill of talking on the phone, but that is a really great way to connect when you can't get together in person. And the guest that we had two weeks ago um, has a virtual community where people actually connect um, and you feel like you're in the, in the same place as the people that you're connecting with all around the world through virtual reality. So that's a big area that is starting to expand. Um, and finding a way to laugh every day is a really, really great way to reduce stress and find your inner peace and also a way to connect with other people. When you laugh with other people, it really um, creates a stronger bond. So sharing a joke with somebody, telling a funny story to a, to a friend or a family member, watching a funny movie together or alone if you can't do that, um, listening or watching to a comedian, watching comedian on a podcast, um, reading a funny book, really important to laugh. Um, and then one of the biggest ways of preventing depression is by doing something kind and generous for another person or other people. Um, the benefits of generosity are so powerful. They can actually change our, our physiology. So there was a study um, called, um, well, the, a study in which people watched videos of Mother Teresa helping other people. So even watching somebody else doing something kind um, elicited what they called the Mother Teresa effect. And that was that when people watched a video of Mother Teresa doing kind things, they were found to have an increase of immunoglobin A in their body, which is a natural immune-boosting cell. So when you have those cells, the immunoglobin A, it actually fights off diseases and the common cold. Um, and there's been a lot of research on 
performing generous activities and the benefits that that has. In fact, they've done studies that have found that people who volunteer tend to get better sleep at night and um, have less physical pain. So that's pretty that's pretty significant. So one of the ways of connecting to our inner peace might be to ask yourself two questions every day. What can I do to bring more light into my life? And what can I do to bring more light into the world? So some things that you can do, you can do a good deed for a neighbor. You can talk to somebody who's feeling blue and cheer them up. You can tell them a joke. You can make it a point to practice one random act of kindness every day. Just doing something doesn't have to be big. It can be big, but even small things every day to help another person or other people can be extremely powerful in creating peace and passion in your own life and also creating more peace in the world. And when you're generous to other people, they will feel it and they will pass it along. So being kind has the butterfly effect, right? When you do one small thing, it ripples out into the world. All right. So on that note, that positive note, let me tell you what's happening next week on this show, and then we'll close it out. So next Sunday, October 29th, we will be joined from L.A. by filmmaker and actress Susie Singer Carter. And she's going to talk about her new documentary film, No Country for Old People. And this is a film that's based on her own lived experience as a family caregiver for her mother who was in a nursing home and back and forth to the hospital, showing the dark side of even the best nursing homes and medical care for older adults in even the best hospitals. There's a very dark side, and Susie goes deep into that and the been going on for decades in long-term care um, with the hope to increase our awareness so that we as a society can make real and positive changes for our elders in the healthcare system. So that'll be an interesting program, and I hope you'll join us. And if you want to hear tonight's program again and read the information from this show, Go to my website, and the podcast will be posted later tonight along with all of that information. And you can also hear this evening's show by going directly to blogtalkradio.com slash yourgoldenyears, or you can go to Apple Podcasts. And on those two platforms, this show will be ready to listen to in five minutes from now. Be sure to follow me on Facebook for upcoming shows and events, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years. This show was produced by Accomplice Entertainment and Psyched Up Productions. And I want to thank my guest,
Christiana Eggy, and thank you to Art. Thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night, an inspiring week, and remember, youth has no age. Good night, everyone. Stay safe. Any guidance offered by Dr. Carpell is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpell, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any information on this program.